Briefly, we want to let you know that you'll find the most current legislative updates at the end of this program and after the presentations. This is Episode 12, Don't Ever Tell Chuck Atkinson No, on the SoCal Military News and Views podcast, an essential podcast for those who want to know more about the lives and needs of active duty and military veterans in Southern California. So, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. And and uh, Mike Walsh, uh, VP of Vance, wasn't available today, so I thought I'd step in. My name is John Beethan. I'll let everybody know that later. Right. But um, you're a 27-year vet who served, if I have this right, in the Coast Guard Reserve Marine Corps and also the Air Force Reserve. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know why you just didn't stop with one, <laughs> or just wh- what that path was, what that uh, journey was, you know? Well, I always wanted to be in the Marine Corps. That was, that was number one. Uh, while I'm growing up, I had an older brother who was 10 years older than I, and he wound up going into the service and to the Coast Guard when he finished high school. And he kind of gave me a brainwashing uh, after that, uh, why I should go into the Coast Guard and not the Marine Corps. Uh, so, you know, young as I was, I kind of got a little gullible and, and went up going into the Coast Guard Reserve. That's nice. How long were you in there? Uh, only two years. Uh-huh. And it was good experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, went to boot camp in Cape May, New Jersey, which was a total experience, you know. Uh, but it was nice. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed every bit of it. Then, uh, so let me ask you, what did you? What is kind of one thing that stood out for you in terms of what you might have learned? Well, it was I think more of the getting away from home and yeah. you know getting with other people of my age and doing things for the first time. Uh, was an experience in itself, you know. Sure, but, kicked uh, out of the yeah, nest. It really was. It was yeah. very good, enlightening. Uh, then after two years in the Coast Guard, then I uh, joined the Marine Corps, which mm. I, was always in my mind to be in the Marine Corps. Why the Marines? Uh, just, uh, I don't know, growing up as a young youngster, maybe watching movies and mm. hearing stories, and I thought I'd like to be a part of that. You know, Did you come from a military family? I mean, uh, my dad, you know, he he uh, went down to enlist in World War II, but he had bad feet, and they wouldn't take him. Uh-huh. So that was about it, uh, other than my brother going in. And uh, so, but anyhow, I wouldn't join the Marine Corps. Wow. Loved every minute of it. Yeah, what, how long were you in the Marines? Five years. Wow, nice. Then I met a woman Marine, and we got married. And Uh-oh. And uh, that should have been a red flag. <laughs> but yeah. no, it was good. Uh, but then when we got married, uh, then after a while she got pregnant. And uh, then she wanted me to get out. And I didn't want to get out. But, uh, you know, young couples and trying to make a go of it and all, I reluctantly said, yes, yeah, okay, I'll get out. And uh, so I got out and... Uh, uh, got into the civilian life, you know, uh, and uh, 
went to work for some uh, defense plants, mm. Brunswick Defense Division at that time. Uh, and the marriage lasted nine years, and then I thought, hey, now I can go back in the Marine Corps. <laughs> and I thought, oh, maybe that's not a smart thing. I'm a little older now and don't want to run up bridges with 100-pound troop transport packs and 10-pound helmet, yeah. you know, and that may not be a good thing. Yeah. But I did want to go back in the service, so I joined the Air Force Reserve. Nice. And was in there for another 20 years. Oh, my gosh. It was a good life. Yeah. Good life. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. So you're, you are well-seasoned. Yeah, I'd stop, still be in there if uh, they didn't have an age limit on it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did know one guy uh, while being here, and uh, he had joined all five branches, had gone through all five branches. And once his age limit for an active duty uh, reached him, and he got out, he still wanted to serve, so he joined the Civil Air Patrol, which is an auxiliary of the Air Force, which is no limit on age in there. And he was still serving oh my the last time I saw him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old is he now still serving? Uh, he's probably, uh, I'd say, around 82, somewhere around there. Oh, my gosh. So for a lot of people that, uh, yeah, well, well, we'll start talking about the volunteers. I actually wanted to, so, you know, the big question is, why did you start Vance? What, you know, what was the, what was the, what was the aha or the inspiration or what was it that, that had you start Veterans Association in North County? And was that the original name? Uh, yeah, that was the original name. I named it. Yeah. What year was that now? That was about 2006, uh-huh. and uh, when I was, I used to be a commander of American Legion Post 146 nice. here in Oceanside, and we didn't have a building of our own or place permanently to meet, so we would meet in, in the Moose Lodge or the Elks Lodge or the Senior Citizen Center or a restaurant or somebody's house or somewhere. <laughs> to hold the meetings. And of course, when you bounce around like that, it's kind of hard to yeah. get a congregation every time you want to have a meeting. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one day we were meeting at the Oceanside Senior Citizen Center and Saturday morning and we were standing there waiting and no one showed up to unlock the door to let us in to have our meetings. So we held our meetings on the sidewalk. And I said, this is the damnedest thing. Uh, here, a hundred-year-old organization has got to hold its meeting for veterans on a sidewalk. Not right. Not, not a good thing. And I vowed I was going to find us a permanent home uh, for that organization. So you took a self-vow. Yeah. And that actually just I'm going to I'm going to find a permanent home for right. this organization. Right. Wow. And uh, and that's how it started. Yeah. So today, what meaning does Vance have for you? What does it mean to you? To me, it, it's uh, like a beacon in a dark area that helps people. That people can see there's a place to come in and find some refuge of what their needs are and help. Mm. So yeah. to me, that's what it is. And you didn't have anything like that in North County. Yeah. The only help you had was San Diego or Long Beach was the closest uh -huh. for veterans. And that's even while Camp Pendleton was right around the yeah, corner, huh? Right. There was nothing for them for the no. for the camp. Oh. Wow. That's incredible. 
So how has Vance changed over the years since then? It's gotten, it's gotten really to be more, have more resources than I even imagined at the time. Yeah. You know, just one thing seems to evolve into something else. And, of course, we always want to help veterans and active duty and their families. And every time somebody walks new through that door, I want to do that. You know, I provide another service or yeah. help for those those people. So the door is open for people to actually come and, and give their talents and resources, yeah. even their volunteer, their money, yeah. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And there's so many different things. I know Lori, Lori's talked extensively about all the different services here. It's pretty right. amazing. Yeah. And the building too. I mean, she does talk about how you funded the building. You yeah. could, if you want to tell your version, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so how did you get this incredible building? I mean, it was like. Well, I, I first, <clears throat> first I had this this thought that I wanted. I had to get a place for the American Legion post, and I thought, well, how am I going to go about doing that? First, I got to find a building, and then see what I need to do to get that building. Well, I had eyed this building here. It used to be the old police department. And they moved out in 1966 and moved to their current location downtown and further on Mission. So was this building vacant? This building was vacant. For what, 30? No, it was uh, vacant for about uh, four, about seven years, seven, eight years. Yeah, wow. And nobody had done anything for it. And, uh, well, when the, when the police moved out of here, the city came in and they gutted the whole building. Mm. It just took the lighting, the flooring, carpet, knocked down the walls inside, took out the restrooms, everything. It was just a concrete shell. And uh, it had to sit like that ever since. And uh, But I had my own, because you drive by here to get to the Senior Citizen Center. And I thought, that would be a nice building for us in the big parking lot. So anyhow, I, I said, had in my mind to get this building and uh, one day I was driving by and the city manager just so happened to be in the parking lot uh, with one of the city council members and I stopped the car and walked up here and, and the city manager at the time was Steve Jepson and I said introduced myself and I said Steve how can I get this building for uh, for the veterans and he said uh, well, they're not going to do it for one American Legion post. He's I can tell you that. And I said, okay, well, thank you very much. So I left, and I got to thinking. I said, I've got to find more organizations to come in with me to make this happen. Smart. So, so I thought, well, i got to go around to Oceanside and all the other areas, Vista and Carlsbad, find other organizations with the same predicament we were in had an organization to put no permanent home in order to have their meetings. So I found one, uh, found several of them, but one of them was over in Vista, and it was an organization, and they had about 10 groups of veterans that met in this VFW hall over there. And so I thought, uh-huh, I'm going over there and talk to those people who run it. And I went over there, and Harvey Furman was a retired Army major who was running that organization at the time. 
And after one of the meetings, I talked to him. I said, Harvey, here's my situation. And I'd like to get a building for all of us to have a permanent home. Permanent. That was the word. And he said, Chuck, you got a good idea. I'm with you. And I'll bring these other groups into it as well. So I said, okay, well, we've got to form an organization to go with one with more voices than one. And so we formed the 501c3 Veterans Association North County. And then I went to the city council meeting of Oceanside and stood up the mayor one, one evening. And uh, the city was, I think they were, were celebrating the anniversary of the city. It was 122 years or something like that. And so I stood up as a speaker and said, well, what have you, the city done in all this time to help your neighbors to the north, Camp Pendleton, and all your veterans in the community here uh, in all those years? And Mayor Jim Wood sat there and he kind of looked dumbfounded and he even asked a question. And he looked around to other board members and nobody said squat. And he said, no, we haven't done anything. I said, well, now is your time to do something. And I said, we would like to have a facility that we can call home here in Oceanside. We have 25 veterans organizations that come under our umbrella that would like to have a place. And the mayor waited for a few minutes. He said, okay, he said, Rocky Chavez, who was on the board at that time, city council, he told him, he said, you're gonna head up an ad hoc committee starting tonight to see the Chuck and see you get a building. That's great. That is great. And all he had to do is step up and it sounded, it sounded like you showed up at a particular meeting where they were celebrating Oceanside in a really big way, which means right. there's probably quite a few people there. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so the word must have just really got out that yeah. way, too. Yeah. That's great. So we had a, we met by the next three months with this ad hoc committee. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the three months, uh, the mayor gave me a tour of all the assets in the city. We had a convoy with newspaper people and city council and other people in the community and so forth. And we yeah, had a tour going around the city and they showed me all these assets that they had. And some were down by the beach and, you know, nice and all, but, and I'd go from one to the other as they showed me. And we, the last place we stopped for the day was right here. And so we just came into the facility and looked around. Like I said, it was all gutted. And we walked back out to the vehicles, and the mayor said, well, Chuck, you've seen all the assets today. What do you think? I said, this building here is one I want. <laughs> and he said, well, if he'd asked me that first, it would save the trip, but he didn't <laughs> ask me. you got to wait at the right timing. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, you got to meet with the property manager and see if you can work out a, a lease. So I said, okay. So I met with a, a variety of property managers there for about two or three months till we finally could hammer out a, a lease that was, uh, you know, one liking to, to what we, our needs are. And uh, so we got a lease that's no $1 a year, no dollar a month, uh, no cost. 
what the bottom line says, we have to raise the money in order to build it out the way you see it now. And that was a million six. Mm. And, uh, and uh, so, well, the day we signed that lease, I signed the lease was, uh, we had $300 in the bank, and I thought, how in the hell am I gonna raise a million six? But uh, we had other volunteers would come in, and we got to go and talk to people, and uh, me stand in front of companies and talk to them. And little by little, you know, it took a long time, but you, you got to be persistent. You know, you got to be persistent. Uh, it just doesn't hack it, you know. So we Military finally, guy turned sales guy, it sounds it like. It has to, you know. Yeah. You have to. But I had a lot of good volunteers sure. that were sales people. I'm not a marketing person, you know. I probably couldn't sell you a, a drink of water on my hobby desert if I, <laughs> you know, rowboat anywhere, you know. But... Uh, a lot of good people along the way have stepped in and helped and you know give a little nudge to go this way a little nudge to go that way and uh good and a lot of good people a lot of sincere people have come and stepped oh, yeah. in to help us out well i know what got you up in the morning back then what gets you up in the morning these days still helping people every time somebody walks in that door there's something new a young couple out here with their baby crying. Yeah. That's a young uh, Marine family, okay? And they want to do something here, and they got little funds in order to do it. Well, I don't care whether they got funds or not. If they want to do it, we're going to do it. So it's those kind of things. Oh, nice. So it sounds like you get up to every morning to look uh, who the next uh, person or family or what you can next serve. True. Yeah, it's yeah. really incredible. Um, so I want to thank you for your service. Military service and service in, with Vance here. And this may be kind of a strange question, but I'm kind of curious when you have, when somebody says, Chuck, thank you for your service, what is that, how do you feel about that? What, is that, what does that mean to you? I feel good about it. That reckon, people recognize mm -hmm. uh, the military. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunities to get involved here, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, frankly, the first day I walked in here, I could feel it. You know, it, I felt that there was something much larger than myself. And I think military has a lot to do with that in terms of the stories and, you know, military stories, which we're pretty committed to telling here. But, um, yeah, so people can just come here or they can actually donate on the website, huh? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Okay. What do you see happening in the next uh, several years here? What would you like to see happen? I would like to see that once we get this, this, uh, honor garden completed out here which is i'd like to have done by the end of this year great okay so let's talk about the honor guard it's the honor wall honor uh, garden. yeah honor garden yeah okay so what is it so people can like really it's a it's a show place it's a wall that we have up and we'll have the in the center of the wall we'll have all six military branches seals and we'll have all the flags from uh, all the branches up uh, and they'll be lit up 
at nighttime and on the wall where we have, uh, we'll put uh, plaques of veterans uh, and their families, mm -hmm. names and uh, uh, branch of service and a little saying about each one of them. And uh, it'll be nice and we'll have some shows, events out there on the stage during the evening. It'll be really lit up nice. I mean, it really will. Yeah. So, and there are ways for people to help with that, right? In terms yeah, of yes. go to the website and there's a place on the website where people can donate, donate. what, a plaque? Well, the plaques really don't pay for the construction of the wall. Okay. We wanted to keep the price low, so people wanted to put a plaque up basically yes. for that purpose. Yes. Uh, but we have to get other donors to, to donate for the cost of the construction, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, we're going to let everybody know about it. anything else you want to cover. Uh, I mean, I asked some questions, but <laughs> are there any questions I could or should have asked? Well, could I ask how we got the now liquor license? How did you get the liquor license, <laughs> Chuck? Glad that you asked. <laughs> oh, you know, my thinking of well, when I helped design this this facility. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being we are a nonprofit organization, I I hate asking for money. I know that's you can't be in this kind of business and not be able to ask for money. But I hate asking for money. So I, when I got the contractors to help me lay this thing out, I said, "Here's what my mind is set on. Although we're nonprofit, I've got to make some money with this building, and or sustain us through." times when we aren't getting a lot of money and so i like to have a banquet room a stage a full kitchen and a bar but classrooms and meeting rooms so we can do our programs at the same time mm -hmm. so that's how it was designed and i'm thinking okay well the the bar would be a part of that uh, but my thinking didn't go far enough because Although we were a non-veteran, non-profit organization, we weren't a congressionally chartered veterans organization where I can go down and apply that for ABC and get that veterans license mm -hmm. for $1,500 a year. And when I went down to apply for it, they said, I'm sorry, but you can't get it. And I'm thinking, what? I put all that money in this bar in the kitchen and you tell me I can't get a license? They said, no, you know, you, you, your organization is not congressionally chartered. And there's nothing on the books that will give you that license as a veteran organization unless right. you're congressionally chartered. So I thought, wow, I'm in a hell of a predicament right now. So I'm thinking, what can I do? So I called a friend of mine and I said, Ben, I need you to come over. We're going to write a Senate bill. And he said, okay. So he came over to my office and that later that evening, and we sat down and wrote a Senate bill uh, for this organization. And then I called Pat Bates, the senator from Orange County, who I knew, and I said, hey, Pat, I, I got a favor for you. She said, what? If you do me a favor, I, I need a, you to take this Senate bill to Sacramento and introduce it on the floor for me. Because I need a liquor license and I can't get it under this other other way to do it. She said, Chuck, I'd be happy to do it. 
So I sent it up to her in November of 2016. Uh, they convened uh, January 2017, and I sent her up the, the bill, and she introduced it on the floor and was voted on five times. And I, I got all the names who voted for it in my file cabinet over there. Nobody voted against it. That's amazing. And it's, it's September 17th, 2017, the governor signed that bill into law. So we got the same <laughs> liquor license that uh, congressionally chartered. That's, that's amazing. I think we're going to end up calling this episode uh, Don't Tell Chuck No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like, boy, yeah. you, you just uh, you had challenge after challenge. Yeah. And right. just did what you had. And you probably didn't scream and yell a whole lot, did you? You no. didn't really have to fight too much. You just went no. after it, huh? Just went after it. So people saying, you you can't get it. You'll never get a building. Yeah. And then when I got a building, they, they said, you'll never get the funds to do it. Don't ever tell Chuck no. And then if, if it took so long to, to start that construction, yeah, they said, we know, we know you've got the material that's in the building waiting. Why don't you go and get the thing done. I said, I don't have the material yet. I don't have enough money to do. Well, we know you're lying. It's in there. Well, yeah. I said, I'll be glad to take it and show you, but it's not there yet. So little by little, we got it, though. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here. My pleasure. No, that's great, Chuck. It's I've been waiting for this time to actually hear your story. It's okay. just really inspiring. Right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. All right. Okay.